Bless you. Are you thankful you don't feel at home in this world anymore? Hey, that's going to increase. I can see that unfolding even in America, that we just don't feel at home here anymore. There's some spirits and things going on, but we can be assured of one thing. Hey, our treasures are laid up. Our treasures are laid up. We don't have to worry about them rusting. We don't have to worry about nobody stealing them. We don't have to worry about the moth eating them up. We don't have to worry about all that. We're putting all of our, our eternity, amen, in one called Jesus Christ. We're not bowing our knee to no other. We're not making confession no other. We believe this gospel is going to fulfill what we've been taught it's going to do. Amen. We're going to hear it. Amen. We're going to be a part of it. God bless you this morning. You can be seated. Classes are going to go in classrooms. Love you. Appreciate you this morning. Amen. What a touch of the Lord. Move of the Lord in helping us here on this Sunday morning to minister to us, to reach way down in the recesses of our being and soul, of who we really are. That's, you know, thank God. He, that's, he's a specialist in that. Amen. As our creator and maker and example of, of us becoming overcomers and victorious over the power of the enemy. It starts way down on the inside. Holiness starts way down on the inside. The heart of the man, the mind, the spirit of him. Hallelujah. But when, when all that's we're in the right place, hey, you don't have to worry about it. You're going to survive. You're going to make it. You're going to pull out the other side. Hallelujah. So, you know, the church is going to make it. We're going to make it. Amen. The trying times, the difficult hours we're in. Praise God. But you know what? Hallelujah. We're going to be victorious. Amen. Through Christ Jesus, through our Lord, through our Savior. Hallelujah. Praise God. We got things in the world. What they're putting their confidence and faith in is crumbling out from under them. A lot of people, what they were raised in and taught is crumbling out from under them. But thank God the true word of God will not. Amen. Thank God for truth. Truth brings true liberty. And this liberty is not bought, but neither can it be robbed or stolen from us. Hallelujah. Society and the events of society can't take it from us. This is the greatest liberty there is in Jesus Christ. Greatest assurance and comfort. Amen in the trying times that we're living in. It's greater than all the money in the world. It's greater than any position of the world. Amen. I'm telling you, just to be a part of the church, part of the kingdom, amen, to be a part of the service of Jesus Christ. It's just an exciting time to be living for Jesus Christ, to have a revelation, to have an insight, to have an understanding what's going to transpire, what's going to take place. In fact, in order to put something in us, amen, I want to work for the kingdom. I want to get busy about the church. I want to get busy about myself. That's what a lesson's on. Have a spirit to work. Have a mind to work. Praise God. Let me ask you something. How many of you glad he hadn't quit working on you? So I don't want to quit working for him. That works hand in hand. And uh, as our lessons taught us, when you're busy about his business, he's going to be busy about your business. Wow. Amen. When you 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 busy about doing things for the kingdom, and your spirit's right and your heart's right, guess what? He's going to be busy about doing things for you. Seeing it, that doesn't mean it's all just going to be easy. There's not going to be any resistance and battles and hindrances and forces of evil. No, no. In fact, it's right the opposite. Studying of this lesson, I'm just going to let something out right here, right out the bat here. Studying this lesson, man, it was something hit me because as you notice at the very beginning of the lesson, the the priorities, and then uh, keeping your priority in the right place. And uh, sometimes that's not as easy, especially as time goes on and struggles of trying to accomplish things. You ever set out to do something and it seemed like it was one hindrance after another? Uh, man, you just, this happened, that happened. But you was just determined. It took twice as long to do it, twice the money. But you was determined. You knew it was the right thing to do. And so you just kept on until you accomplished that and you achieved that. So same way for living for God. Same thing for doing things for the kingdom of God. Building churches a lot of time. There's always a lot of resistance and things of that nature that happens. And sometimes it causes this great discouragement to us and we're prone to amen to start losing and keeping things in this right balance or the right priority and so we get caught up in other things that's exactly what the writer a guy's talking about here amen of some 15 or 20 years later as he begins to talk about the foundations laid you know what happened amen they 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 were busy but watch this you know the devil's not going to put a whole lot of resistance as long as we're over here just doing things a lot of resistance 
But the moment you begin to turn and say, you know what? I, I'm fixing to start focusing more on kingdom and God. I'm going to begin to focus more about your kingdom being in, in me and through me and by me. And, and, and all, all of a sudden, you're going to start experiencing resistance and hindrances. And How many of you started to making your way to God and all of a sudden this happened and that happened? And, and I've, I've talked to some of you. got loved ones that's beginning to make a few turns. But, but all of a sudden, we, you and I realize now we've been through the process. So we look back and see I didn't, but the devil, amen. And you know what? God allows that process sometimes. Amen. He allows these certain things to see if we're going to be, you know, if we're going to be willing if we're going to be uh how they have the, the the heart and the love amen to to accomplish and to achieve that and so basically that's that's kind of what happened right here amen they just gave up on it got some resistance and so they gave up on building the temple and went to building their own houses and doing their own thing and got so caught up in that and uh began to even let it come come an excuse of of hey you know we, the temple we, we got but anyway the lesson's going to cover a lot of this and uh, I, I can see where I get caught up in some of the same stuff here. So I just make a little confession myself this morning. So you know what? I want to get back in 2021 to God's business, the Father's business. I mean, getting it in its right priority and the heartbeat and the passion. Amen. When you got a passion for something, you know, amen, you'll put time into it, you'll put effort into it. Time won't mean you as much. Amen. When you have a passion to, uh, to, Doing something for the kingdom of God or for individuals or whatever it might be. Uh, time that's not that important to you. Money's not that important. You know, sometimes, and they'll tell you, you know, when you, you're choosing a career, don't always look at the money. Yes, money's a part of it and benefits and things of that nature. But if you're going to hate every day that you go to work, you're going to despise life. Amen. You know, my goodness, find something that you could find some kind of enjoyment outside of the paycheck. Outside the benefits. Because you're going to find out that money, amen, is going to fail you. You're going to find out those benefits are going to fail you. But there's sometimes enjoyment that you take and, and satisfaction of, of benefiting things. And, and see where that work will continue on. There's such a satisfaction of that that money can't buy that. You know, benefits can't, can't bring that satisfaction. And so you and I are part of something this morning, amen, that's going to live out through eternity. There's not going to be an end to it for ourselves, but as well, it's not just for ourselves, but as well for others that we impact along this journey and the investments that we make in the kingdom of God. And how do you make investments in the kingdom of God? It's in your local assembly. It's in outreaches, regardless of their, their foreign mission, home mission, uh, whatever department that might be. All this works hand to hand and works together. And as we do this with the right spirit, and the right attitude and giving and, and, and making those investments, you know, those investments are going to live for eternity. You and I are going to enjoy these and this investment for the rest of our lives. Praise God. That don't excite y'all? Okay. Well, you know, that's, that's like making some benefit that's always, you know, you can make a dollar investment, but you're going to draw for that dollar for the rest of your life. You're, going to reap, you're not going to lose it. You're going to reap benefits from it for the rest of your life. What if you invested every dollar you possibly could have? How many of you would love to have invested in Amazon about $1,000 two years ago? Huh. Praise God. Now they encourage you to invest in uh, uh, this Corona deal. This what some of the, the main things they're using for this year is the main thing to invest in. Got that one guy, man. They're promoting him big time. Uh, you know what? You better watch that. That's when it all goes... Anyway, I'm, I'm not. I, I'm not all that. Some of these others are a lot better than I am in, in this. All this. I, I don't know enough about it. I just know. Sometimes we put too much trust and confidence in something. God all of a sudden goes. I'm God. He's not. <laughs> okay. Anyway, all right. We're gonna see that in this lesson. Okay. We're gonna see that in this lesson because I'm gonna tell you what. We can be very skillful, have great talents. And be able to do a lot of things. But if God decides to not blow on it. If God decides to close up the heavens. Not to send any rain. God and all of a sudden send, you know, blow on it. And all the calves die. God blow on it. None of it comes up. That's the deal. I've done this for 10 years. We're going to see this. All this is in this lesson. Okay. And so it's a good lesson. It really is. God helps. The work of God. The work of God. How many of us believe that we're the work of God? We're the workmanship of God. We're his vineyards. We're his house. That's New Testament terms. Amen. Know ye not that ye are what? The temple of 
the Holy Ghost. We represent the Holy Ghost. We believe that the Holy Ghost is what? The greatest authority, power, and kingdom there is. Am I right? None greater. Praise God. Even in the spiritual realms. Then the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the comfort, the secure, that guides and leads and speaks to us and, and, and helps us along this journey. Praise God. And so here we are. Amen. The work of God, especially that work that we give ourselves to, but yet you and I become, we, you and I become what? The work of God. We are the spiritual epistles of God. You and I are the testimonies and the witnessing power upon this earth of God's grace, God's mercy, God's love. God's power to transform, man, to shape us, to mold us. How many really liked yourself when you come to God? How many of you like yourself this morning? <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, most of the time we don't. Amen. Most of the time, eh? because why? We know ourselves and we really don't like ourselves. Hallelujah. But you know what? We love what God does through us. Amen. We're talking about some of that even this morning. Amen. You know, I'd love to say we got all this just perfect. You know, we got it all now. Uh, it's earthen vessels. I'm sorry. We're, we're in earthen vessels. And, 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 you know, there's coming a time we're going to receive a glorified body. There will not be no devil. There won't be no temptations. There won't be none of that. But we haven't made it. We're still up on this earth. We're de still dealing with, we're looking through darkly glasses. Amen. We're still dealing with demonical forces and rulers of darkness, spiritual wicked in high places. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know all of that. We don't know how we're going to respond to every challenge. We don't respond to every situation that we face every day. Amen. Like we, we like to, you know, a lot of times, some days, man, it just seems to blow off. Bother me a bit. The next day, the same spirit, the same deal, and all of a sudden, pow, man, I just froze me away. What got me today? I don't know. It's a, I just kind of, I guess I just had me, I had enough of it. Son used to pick on me now. He's got older and he's got some. And he said, it was like, I used to tell him when it goes so far, I said, all right, now you about got me to hear. What that meant to next move was the belt's coming off, the switch is coming. I've done all the talking I'm doing. I'm done. I'm not counting. I'm not hollering. I'm done. The next action is going to be taken. You're going to be getting your backside whipped. Bottom line. Most time that worked. I didn't have to do it. I can probably count on one hand every time I had to whip them. Praise God. Hallelujah. But anyway. Anyway. So here we are. Praise God. So you know what? God, he, he does the same thing. Out of love. Out of love. Focus thought. God's word and work must be our greatest priority. God's word and work must be our greatest priority. It's the word that gotten us, but it's the word that keeps us, shapes us, that molds us, helps us. And the writer talked about that a little bit. In the, in, in the trying times that we're facing today, how, how important to know what's in the book. To know that this is not a man religion. To know the, the, the instructions, the doctrines, the teaching. It's the word of God. Why we live the way we live. Why we conduct ourselves. Why we believe what we believe. Are you persuaded this morning that you've got to have the Holy Ghost to go to heaven? By the word of God. There's no question about that. In my mind, heart, and spirit. There's no question about what name? Then you must be baptized in the water and spirit. Why? The word of God settles that. Regardless of what everybody else says or thinks and opinions and how they voice around it, work around it and say this or say the book of Acts is full of it. All, all the Jews, all the Samaritans, which was the mixed multitude and the Gentile. That covers everybody. They all had to do what? That same. Why? How do we know? By the word of God. And so that's just the beginning. That's just the, you know, and it moves on from there. So thank God for the word. And it's the word that we become the workmanship of his word. Watch this. Baptism of the Holy Ghost. With the Holy Ghost, we bear what? Nine fruits. Nine fruits. <laughs> you ever really done a study on them? All nine of them. Is not easily produced and cultivated and hangs off of our limbs, especially this one. <laughs> this limb right here. 
but, 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 but watch me now. But it can't just be on this one. That's what a lesson's going to, James talks about it. Sometimes it's got to be in these. To take action. To show that love. And show uh, that we're the workmanship of God. <clears throat> That's the reason sometimes we love the unlovable. That's the reason we show mercy and compassion and long-suffering. When others may have washed their, their hands of us. That's the reason sometimes we'll help people. That uh, I wouldn't help them. That's a waste of your time and money. And, no. We... we we, we flow from a different life. We flow from a different spring. <clears throat> so, as we watch this lesson here today, uh, I'm going to leave, you know, the eye, they come back to eyesore, the I-4 that was built. You can go back and read that. Talks about it. Helps us. Uh, talks about the priorities there and the cultural connection. Uh, I just assume you wouldn't read the content, contemplating the topic. <laughs> you don't need to know nothing about that. The more I read some of this, the more I realize that some of these writers are so hung up on television, they're watching it. They know way too much about it. And so I just assume you wouldn't, don't even, that's up to you, but uh, you ain't going to like it. You're going to be like me, so I'm helping you out. I'm trying to keep you from getting mad. <laughs> don't read it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You'll all go read it now. <laughs> Praise God. But again, you know, come on. <laughs> anyway, let's, let's go into the lesson itself. It is a very, very powerful lesson. And uh, I'm mostly I'm just going to use the scriptures. Only two chapters. So we're going to stay mostly with the scriptures. But let me lay a little foundation. What leads up to this time of Haggai. And, and this prophet. And the writer even makes mention of this. You know, Haggai is one of the prophets that actually was, was taken key to and obeyed. Which was not the most common thing if you read your prophet. And the outcome of their statements and whenever they voiced for God, most of the time it was received with resistance and disobedience and stiff-neckedness and things of this day. But that's not true with Haggai. As, as simple and short, amen, they took it to heart and they responded by faith and, and began to do what this man had spoken to them. And in case I don't get to that, the latter part of that lesson, and I, I'm going to try to go back to it, I thought, man, God help me that... Get a, a God spirit or, or method or way because he was able to persuade the people, a man, that they, they allowed to get your priorities out, but he persuaded them without condemning them, with, without in a form and manner to cause them to, to want to resist. He loved them, he cared, and it was delivered in such a way. And, folks, I'm going to tell you, that's going to be the key. That's still going to be the key today for us to win souls, which calls we're going to, it's going to be out of a heart of love. It's going to be out of a heart of compassion and mercy and grace and not condemning. Jesus Christ didn't come to condemn the world, but to save them. But yet he taught against get sin. Go and sin no more. You can't fellowship with. And this lesson, hey, God's going to help us. Amen. It's going to fall right in, connect with it because he's going to ask him about the law. He's going to ask the priest and he's going to check and see, hey, what about it? But in all of that still, even preaching and teaching about separation and holiness, amen, he'd done it in such a way that they didn't feel condemned and didn't feel like they were just nobodies, but yet and something to work with and a vessel that God loves and wants to, wants to finish this journey. Uh, I believe everybody here believes that God wants you to go to heaven, right? God gets no pleasure out of the wicked dying. Amen. But God so loved the world. So, so we know that God's for us. He's not against us. And so even here, and that's, that's another thing the writer brings out. Is, is, hey, God mentions a man about uh, the, his, uh, the writings of their mistakes and got caught up in the wrong thing. But, but at the same time, he helps us to understand that when God brought these things, you're going to see, especially in this first chapter, uh, the how that God's, it's God's favor. And, and not only that, that God, on purpose, shut them down. or kept. He gave them enough just to survive from all accounts. Okay? That's like, you know, can I say this? That's like trying to... Uh, Pay for a house, two automobiles, off a of minimum wage. <laughs> Let's see you pull that one off. 
You can. The house cost about $1,500. The truck's about a 30-year-old model. <laughs> but that still won't work. You can't keep it running for that. I don't care how good of a manager you are. Won't happen. You can't pay for electric bills, food, insurances. Not off the middle. I'm telling you, you can't do it. You're going to be selling dope on the side. <laughs> that went over good, didn't it? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. You're going to be doing something illegal. That's what I'm trying to get across. Amen. That's the reason people, you know, if they work and I, I got to pay me cash. Why if I got to pay you cash? Because I got to be under the table. That's why. I'm just telling it like it is now. And so, <laughs> praise God. All right, here we go. I'm sorry. Second <laughs> Kings, the 25th chapter, helps us the history of what's, of Haggai's time and what's unfolding, what's taking place. And, and how he works with other prophets in this time of the history, the Jewish history. One of the most um, uh, times of the Jewish history and their, their, their outcomes. Uh, we know, we know, and uh, it's anywhere from a decade, a half to 20 years uh, that the temple has laid here. But, but watch, watch. Uh, and and we, we know it, you know, got a little insight about what happened coming out of Babylon after the 70 years, the first bunch. Uh, and so we know if you go back to 2 Kings, the 25th verse, uh, 25th chapter, there you're going to see that was the ninth year of the reign, the 10th month, the 10th day. You're going to notice four different times, and I believe in about a fourth month period, that even, hey, God, man, he's, he's very prompt, amen. The month it was, the day it was, amen, that the prophecy, the word of God came to him, and he carries it, amen, to Jerusalem, which happens to be the governor and to the high priest. And so we, we see some things very uh, laid out and for us to grasp, to comprehend what's unfolding, what's taking place. And so it ties in with Second Kings, the 25th chapter here. As we watch this, amen, it's about 18 months that this is going to unfold. The attack, amen, that came from, uh, from Babylon, from Nebuchadnezzar. If you go back to that 25th chapter, you're going to see it took about 18 months of them coming against Israel. They pinched against it, amen. And you're going to see that uh, the king Zedekiah, if you go back and read that, what a horrible time even in Zedekiah's life, amen. Here he was, and if you know anything about Zedekiah, know the king, the king of Judah here, amen. They come in, they, they took his sons, they killed them. The last things that Zedekiah gets to behold upon this earth is the deaths of his sons. And then they put his eyes out. Now, these Chaldeans, buddy, they was rule. They was ruthless. And he got them in trouble with God. Even though God raised them up and used them to bring this persecution and carry them into captivity. They took it. Boy, we can learn something from this. They took that place, that position the blessings of God too far. They brought it on themselves to bring punishment that was, was not God's will. They, 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 and, and so God brought it back on them. And he warned Israel about that. How you treat widows, strangers. We find it in the New Testament. Entertaining. You may be an angel sent your way for a test. That angel may not be dressed quite like you think that angel ought to be dressed. I mean, if God's going to make it all so obvious, that's not near the test. How many times if you'd have said, boy, if I'd just known. If I'd have just known. If I'd have just recognized that. Praise God. I feel just a little mean this morning. Not really, but you know. I couldn't help but think about, hey, I remember the first time that Buddy Gunn come down Church House Road. He pulled up beside me. I was standing out on the stand. He pulled up. Old Ford white truck. Asked me a few questions about the place. And then he asked me, said, y'all ever lose any deer dogs around this place? I said, no, sir, we sure don't. I'm glad I said that years later. Didn't have a clue at that moment, that time, that man's fixing to buy all of our hunting land down there. And that was going to be butted up to him from then on. I didn't have a clue. Never met the man before in my life. Didn't have a clue who he was. I remember after he left and I met up Mr. Keith. I said, Mr. Keith, I said, I just met a man. I said, I will tell you something. He wasn't just anybody. I said, I don't know who he was. But he acted like he had a key to all the gates and go where he wants to and do what he wants to. I said, he's somebody. 
Now, y'all do what it wants you to, but I'm going to tell you. It, it pays to live for God. He can help you out in situations that really don't amount to a whole lot, even for the kingdom of God. But you know what? It just helps you. I believe at that point, that answer and that question kept that man forever hauling any of our dogs off because we never had any trouble. And then he bought the land. It tied his hands. Now, y'all believe that whatever y'all two do what you want to, but I just believe God would just say, you know what? I'm not going to let this gentleman... <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Get the advantage of these just because he's got several million dollars going to buy 2,000 acres. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Well, praise God. These weapons. All right. Here we go. <laughs> Let me get back on the last. I'm sorry. I feel good this morning. God's, God's working, folks. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost is working. Devil don't have a chance. When you really get in the book and get really close to God, the devil doesn't really have a chance. He's a liar and the father of every lie, and he's doomed. I tell you, he's washed up. He's a loser. He's going down the tubes. Anything and everybody, you know what? Even in this lesson, you're going to see it's those as followers of Jesus Christ. It's going to be the winners, the winners, the winners. I don't know how you feel this morning. I don't know where you're at in your spirit, but you keep following Jesus. You're going to be victorious. There's no if and ands or buts about that. I tell you, we're going to be victorious. You watch this. It's in this lesson. It's in these two chapters. That message is clear, 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 clear. Okay, here we go. So as you watch that unfold, they went in. And this is the reason I brought the scripture out. They came back. The captain of the guards of Nebuchadnezzar came back to Jerusalem. They tore down all the walls. They tore down all the temple. The temple, the Bible says, the first thing they tore down was the temple. Hmm. Praise God. He tore down the temple. They took all of the all of the the vessels that they used for worship, the spoons, the cups, the bowls. He took all of them. Now, I noticed anything said about the ark. And I'm not sure either. There's some speculations of where the ark's at. Somebody probably knows. Because there's going to be a time they're going to use. Is that going to be the same ark? Could be. But I just know that here in this scripture, there's nothing said about it. Okay? So I don't know what happened to it. But they tore it down. But watch also. They also tore down all the great houses. I'm not sure exactly who all that was likened to. But apparently anybody that was somebody that held positions and places and had mansions or things of this nature, they tore their houses down. That's, he came back and done all that. And he only left those that would tend to the sheep and the vineyards there, the poor man. And, and that's all. The rest they carried. He carried the rest of them from this trip to Babylon with all the others, Daniels and different ones that had already been taken. Go back and read those scriptures right there in that Second Kings. That's, and so... We see what happened. We see what took place there. Ezra comes along now. Help us to back up this same time of Haggai. I'm tying these scriptures together to help you. Help us understand how accurate Haggai was in these two chapters. Of what unfolds and what takes place. And so when you go to Ezra 1 and 1 and 5. The first year of Cyrus the king. That's not all. Watch what happens here. Because the message is really about being stirred. Being stirred. Stirred up. You can, you can be stirred up to do evil. Now, you can agree, disagree, whatever, but there's some folks going to pay for that in the capital now. They, some of them, I promise you, today is regretting. They got caught up in that. They may not have went with the intent of that going as far, but some did. And it don't take but one or two that had the, the pipe bombs, had the right things. And we'll tell you something. Now, watch this. Sometimes you can get serious trouble by association. Wrong vehicle, wrong time, just running with the wrong crowd. And, you know, we believe that, don't we? It's a shame that some churches don't believe that as a church, though. As, as Christians, if I could put it that way. They don't believe that. They believe in fellowship with anybody and everybody. 
Oh, y'all got. But this separates us. The true plan of salvation separates us even from the so-called Christian world. And I try, we, we respect, we're going to respect. We're going to work with, we believe in that. But we also have a revelation and an experience to back up our spiritual walk. Okay? So, boy, it can get... Anyway, I'm sorry. Here we go. So, if you go back and look and watch some of this really begin to unfold, it was the Lord. It was the Lord that stirred the spirit of Cyrus himself. When you go back to Ezra 1, you're going to see it was the Lord that stirred him up. This, this pagan king. Amen. To build the temple, to set this in order, to get this to take place and transpire. And you can go on, if you'll read about the first five verses of that, you'll see also that he also stirred up, amen, the chief of the fathers of Judah, the Benjamin, the priest, the Levites, with all them whose spirit God had raised. He raised them. He stirred them. He, he got them into that. So, so the, the, the message here, amen, is to get us stirred, amen, and to do what God wants us to do in this end time. And so when we start into this and we begin to look at what's going to happen and what's going to take place, and when you pick up in Haggai 1 and 1 through 5, and we're going to just kind of go from that. And I, I could have talked about it a little bit more because you could have went back to Ezra, the fourth chapter. And again, it helps us to really understand what all took place and what happened and how even they were kindred because they was. You go back to that fourth chapter of Ezra, it helps us understand that the king, there was letters that's written. Now watch this. The beginning of that chapter... And that's the reason I said what I said, man, about the um, mingling and joining together. Let me just tell you. That old harlot church is going to call her daughters home. And they're going. And I can see them going. Because they're struggling and battling with some issues that 40 years ago they wouldn't split over. But they're splitting today. And the split offs are going to make their way. splitting off they got one other place to go and that's the truth or they're going may take a little longer but they're going they're going to do one or the other okay and so watch this that Ezra the fourth chapter there was a certain group that wanted to join with them in laying that foundation and doing and building the temple but Ezra said no king gave us we don't need your help oh but ever since we've been here we we believe we're but if you go back to it watch this in Ezra 4 and 1 now when the advisors of Judah and Benjamin heard that the children of the captivity built the temple unto the Lord their God they came to Jerusalem and the, to the chief and the fathers and said unto him let us build it but watch this they wouldn't have truth from the very foundation they wanted to weasel their way in okay what's the biggest separation of Christians faith today is the foundation it's only one foundation now there's some there's a little wiggling room once you get the foundation right a lot of stuff can be burned up and you'd still be saved. But you can do all kind of wonderful things and still be on the wrong foundation and be lost. This thing goes way back. It's been this ever since all the time. So it's not a new battle, ladies and gentlemen. It's not a new struggle. It's the same old spirit. It's the same old battle. Same old, same old. Evil against good. Evil against good. False against truth. So whenever Haggai comes in on the scene, and he begins to help us to really realize the time, he says, the second year of Cyrus, which is when the second year he takes over, Cyrus, after his kingship, Cyrus comes in. It's in his second, term, second year of his kingmanship, the sixth month, the first day of the month, came Haggai, the prophet of Jerubalah, a man which happens to be the governor of Judah, He's going to speak to him. He's going to speak to the high priest, which is Joshua. And then he says, Thus speak of the Lord, saying, This people say. Notice. This people say. 
He's talking about the Jews here. He's not talking about the naysayers. He's talking about the Jews. They're saying, the time is not come. The time that the Lord's house should be built. And we know, we know by Ecclesiastes, there's time and place for all things. But they had come to a place now, after a decade and a half, of the, the foundation just laying out there. No, no further work done on it. Amen. They were saying, time is not yet. You know, there will always be some They'll always say the time's not right. It's not time now. We, we don't need. Because you won't have revival without work. <laughs> you, you won't build and you won't prosper. You won't grow without work. Now you can't work by yourself. But, but neither can you just sit back and expect God to do it. And that's, that's what we're going to watch here. That's what we're going to see unfold here. That's what's going to help us the most. Because sometimes when we know that we're doing God's work, some of the greatest resistance is going to be in those times. And if we're not careful, because of the resistance, we'll, we'll say, well, you know what? That must not be God's will. Not God's heartbeat. When the whole time it is just because the adversary got stirred up. And the devil tried to hinder. Even Paul talks about how Satan kindred him at times. So we're not exempt in the world that we're living in. It's not. And so he goes from that and he begins to talk about this. People say this time is not come. The time that the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet saying. It is time for you, O E, to dwell in your sealed houses and this house lie waste. What is he talking about? You didn't have no problem in the last 15 or 20 years building your house. Sealed means to panel up. That means it was, it was done. You know, they had the outside. They had the roof on. They had it all sealed up. Cozy, man. They was, they was you know, sitting in there drinking iced tea and enjoying life and the comforts of life. Think about that one in a minute. What's the American dream? And I want to get me a spread, get me a place, get it paid for, and get where I can just sit back and don't have to do nothing. I'm be independent from everybody. Financially independent. I won't need nobody. Get me 10,000 acres by myself. Get me a little place in there and get under, underground wire to it or solar system. Amen. So, that's a dream, man. We all have to have places at time. But that's, that's you know. But the church is what? The church is a city that's set on a hill. Puts a light to everybody. Tracks everybody. We want all the beggars and the... <laughs> it's right the opposite. But that's what happened. That's the spirit that got a hold of them. You know why? They didn't have any letters from the government that they couldn't build their own houses. The Sambalats and Tobias, they didn't care if they built their own houses. They just didn't want them to build the temple of God. You can build all the mansions you want to build. You can build all the houses you want to build. You can, you can buy all the automobiles, get the chariots, the horses, and you can plant new. Just don't, don't, don't build the temple. Don't build what belongs to God and recognize where the blessings come from. Don't find your church to go to. Don't support a local assembly. Although I can get enough church at the house. I can watch on my double vision and get it. Read it. Read what he said about that. Average American spends 20 hours a week in front of the television, which is as much as a part-time job, he said. And religion increases, he said, on a Sunday. Because they watch... A whole whopping of 30 minutes. Well, they're not watching as the world turns, but they're watching as the church turns, I guess. I'm not making that, but that's where we're at. And then we wonder why we're in the spiritual blindness that we're in. That's the reason. Just a little bit of doom. Give me a little bit to soothe my conscience, and I'm, I've 
will spend the rest of my time doing. And, and, and you know what? They don't want you to say nothing. They don't want you to say nothing. Anyway, that's the spirit. That's the time. That's where they were. The Jews. That's, that's where they was at. That's what they was caught up. They was involved in. And so what, what did he tell us? Now, see, Hagar got done a good job. He didn't condemn nobody over this, apparently. Man, they responded to him so well. And so watch what he says here. Now, therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You know, true-hearted, truth-hungry. That's reading the Bible says, he that hungers after righteousness shall be filled. If, if you and I... If we hunger after it, we reach, you know, thank God for it. That's the reason we're in this truth. There ain't no telling how many different directions our denominations we came out of. And I know this is going on in the air, but it's still the truth. Still the truth. We're not condemning nobody. We're just telling truth, okay? Truth. And so he says, consider yourselves. Consider actually means to examine closely, observe well. To, to look at again. Have you ever been looking for something? And, and so somebody said, well, it's in the closet. It's in there on the right. And so you go in there and you, know, you look for it. And you, you, know, you, you, you say you look for it, but you can't find it. And, and they say, look, if you'll just look a little closer. Get, yeah, just a little. Yeah, push that out. And so that's when he says examine yourself. It's just like Paul tells us when taking communion. He said, examine yourself, your heart. Nobody can examine your heart better than you can. Especially, this is the mirror. When you look in this as the mirror of your heart, it's the best thing that you... And so, that's what he's telling them here. Amen. To, to examine themselves, to give a inspecting... You know, ins inspection of yourself, of, of what's happening and what's going on and what's taking place. Amen. And you know what? Pharaoh failed to do that. If you go back and read about Pharaoh, he really did. He, he come up short of doing that sometimes and uh, that, that cost him. Uh, it begins to pick up then in the sixth verse. And he has sown much and bring in little. He eat, but he have not enough. He drink. But he are not filled with drink, he clothe, but there is none warm. He that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. He said, okay, let's consider, let's look at you. You come back, you're doing this, you've been doing this for a decade and a half. These things, but you start examining, taking. Have you really been blessed? Are you where you feel like you ought to be in? And, and can I, can I, I'm going to jump over in the spiritual, not just the material thing. Hey, I want to be the same way spiritual. Am I any smarter and wiser and walking more in the spirit than I was a year ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago? Or, you know, Rosalie loves her pacifier, but I promise you there's going to come the day, there's going to come the moment, there's going to come the hour that pacifier's got to go. I mean, I mean, you know, when she gets 10 and the, the, the school teacher's going to say, Rosalie, can you answer? Would you please take the pacifier out of your mouth? I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay? Same way spiritually. You know, if, if you spend all the time, you can't spend all your time of God time to put a pacifier on. He's not going to do that. He, well... He loves us and, and the, the milk. But we, he's, you know what God's heartbeat is to what? For us to get to the meat. I'm not interested. You know, I, I love steaks, but I don't want, you know, Lord, help us. And, and that may happen one day, but, but I hope not. That, that she has to put it in the blender and, she, you know, <laughs> and I have to suck it through a straw. Because I don't have nothing to chew it up with. But, uh, <laughs> but I don't look forward to that. Do you? I don't think it'd be near as good, amen, as, as taking a knife and a fork, putting it in the mouth and chewing it up. Amen. And, you know, I mean, thank God. I, I'm glad we, you know, I love milk, but I don't want it in a bottle. Huh. So that's, that's what he's telling me. He said, examine yourself. See where you're at. See what's, see what's happening here. He doesn't told them what's happening. He said, man, you're working, but it's like putting it in a bag with holes in it. You bring it in, and it's enough to survive, but to, you're not filled. You're not satisfied. So it's a good time to, why? Why is this happening? 
And you know what? God takes the blame. Now, this is the side of God we don't like. This is the side of God we don't really believe in. This is the side of God that some people argue me about. But you watch this. <laughs> now, watch this. He, he gives them instructions of what they, if, if they want the glory of God and the blessings of God, he said, this is what you, what you need to do. Go up to the mountain, bring wood, and build the house. Well, what's that going to What's that going to cost? What kind of effort is that going to? We got to. You mean we can't just use the wood that's right here? No, you got to go up the mountain and get the wood and bring it down. That spirit where I'll just put a golden calf here and a golden calf. So you don't have to make the journey to Jerusalem. It's the same spirit that's working among us. Amen. Well, if they're a little too strict, I'll find me somebody else a little more loose. Don't demand as much, you know. Don't, don't require. Don't, I won't feel so condemned. Truth never condemns us. Truth always brings liberty and deliverance. When you hunger and thirst after truth, the whole truth, it's never really, a, it never condemns us. We hear that as liberty. We hear that as being delivered and set free. So there's going to be some crime. You're going to have to go up a mountain. You've got to bring the wood. You've got to build the house. I'm not going to do it for you now. You're going to have to do it. You're going to have to put it together. You're going to, I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. We'll talk about that again in just a little bit. He looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when he brought it home, I did blow, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts, because of my house that is waste. And he run every man unto his own house. You have a house. You're enjoying your house. But my house is laying it waste. And so now I'm beginning to blow. <laughs> Amen. I want you to begin to understand. I want you to begin to realize what's happening. What's taking place. Amen. So therefore the heavens over you is stayed. In other words, they're, they're, they're held up. And they're, they're not from the dew. And the earth is stayed from her food. She's not going to be able to produce. She's not going to be able to respond like she would. Amen. It, I, I, I've held it. And, and I've called for the drought upon the land. And upon the mountains. And upon the corn. And upon the new wine. And upon the oil. And upon the, that which the ground bringeth forth upon men. And upon cattle. And upon the labor of the, all the hands. He says, I brought it. The Lord. Lord was taken. He was using hey God. He was informing them. Examine. Consider. Look. Amen. I'm the one. If you'll just. You, you can mark it down to the day. You can mark it down. I believe that's a reason. Hey God. Make sure. Amen. Every month. Amen. And the date. Amen. That God spoke to him. And he spoke to the leadership. Because you watch him. He's going to begin to go. As in that second chapter. He's going to speak again. That day. But from this day. But from this day. Hallelujah. But from this moment. From this hour. Man. Truth, when you let truth set up in your heart, when you start having an ear to hear the truth and the whole truth and nothing but the truth, truth is what liberates and it liberates way down inside of us, into our very being and who we are and what we are. I'm telling you, there's nothing like truth. Truth brings the greatest liberty that you and I are ever going to experience. It's truth that's what's going to get us in that cloud. It's truth that's what's going to, amen, help us enjoy the eternities. Hallelujah. And all the other goes on. Now you watch this when you live for God, God's going to see you through. God's going to see us through. You watch him. So God helped them to understand what he had brought, what he brought upon them. Now, you know, this wasn't the first time. They, they knew this. They, they, they had been taught Moses' writings. You go back to Deuteronomy and uh, you can see. That way, but anyway, <laughs> I, I'm gonna hurry. I realize my time's already. I, I'll hurry. Go back to Deuteronomy 11 and 13, and you're gonna see there. It says, "Come to pass, you shall hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I command you this day, and love the Lord your God, serve Him with all of your heart, with all of your soul. That I will give you the rain of your land in this due season." Notice these are promises. Now watch this. I'm, I got a point I'll make here. God is a covenant God, and God will keep His covenant, keep His promises. Okay. Even in the New Testament, that hasn't changed. All right? And so whenever you obey him and out of obedience, and, and that's, watch this, when you pay tithes and give offerings and with the right spirit, now you can't do that just like if you go into the gambling boats. <laughs> you can't do it that way. 
You got to do it. Amen. Hey, I'm glad to be a part of this. I'm glad to pay my tithes. I'm glad to give offerings. I'm glad to be support the church and the kingdom of God. Amen. And God, if you said, if you take everything from me tomorrow, I'm still going to do it. Yeah, I know them times. Say, me and my wife, we came through a time one time. Amen. We could pay the house note. We could pay a lot of things. And uh, if it hadn't been for food stamps and, and, uh, now we didn't we didn't go to mamas and daddies and all that and but we we survived we 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 made it you know uh, but uh, <laughs> some of you just wouldn't believe it but anyway it, it was there and there wasn't no work to be found and we went from band to Bathsheba and all this other good stuff and I even went to Ohio to work and hey man it was such a mess up there and me and the boss's brother had come home and. And I went over to unemployment, told them exactly what happened. They told me, said, you won't never get your unemployment started. And I said, well, yeah, don't tell the truth. You better lie. I had nobody. When I told him exactly what happened, what took place, and that man said, I'll start him next week. And he sure did. And I told him the truth. And I quit that job. If you do a study on it, when you quit a job, unemployment ain't going to pay you. But when I told him why I quit it, he said, no problem. Started my unemployment. You, truth will always ride with you. Truth always win. I don't care the pressure. Oh, I just can't do it. Blah, blah, blah. No, you just stay with truth. Truth always win the battle. I tell you, God can do things nobody. God can send angels down and erase that off. You know, and say, man, he can just blind them. They won't even see it. I don't know. I guess we overlooked that. And I don't. That guy probably. I don't even know his name. You know, probably called him up and said, I didn't do that. Well, no. Yeah. Well, you did. But anyway, just got one working for you. Okay, I'm just giving you some examples here. I'm just, that's all I'm doing. You just can't, you can't. Anyway, so here it is. And that's what he told them. This is back in Deuteronomy. That I will give you the rain in this season, the rain, the first and the latter rain, that thou mayest gather thy corn, thy wine, thy oil, and I will send grass in the fields for the cattle. Amen. I mean, they're going to be eaten. They're going to fulfill. Take heed to yourselves, that your heart be not deceived. And he turned aside and serve other gods and worship them. Now watch, it was a covenant. As long as you do right and obey me and don't give your heart to others and don't serve others and don't bow down to them. Hey, it's all about that even today. What we give ourselves to and what we bow down to. Amen. So praise God. You know what? There's only one that we got to bow our knees to and that's Jesus Christ. You hear me? Hallelujah. I know they've got into big about this bound the knee and all this other stuff. But I'm going to tell you, there's only one. Amen. And that's Jesus Christ. But we all better bow because every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. We believe what that book says and we believe it's going to happen. We believe it's going to take place. And so with the comfort and the assurance of knowing all this, we understand and we realize that God, God loves us. He cares about us. He's our heavenly father. You go back to Matthew, the sixth chapter. You're going to read there. Amen. And made it clear that you can't serve two masters. Amen. And she said, you know what? He taught us. He said, take no thought of your life. He may say, what you shall eat or what you shall drink drink. Amen. Of your body. You know, he talks about raiment and food and all that. And he said, behold, the fowls of the air. Amen. They don't, they don't have barns. They don't plant. They don't rent. They don't do anything. And God takes care of them. And he likened them to Solomon. How much more beautiful arrayed they are. Amen. Than even Solomon. Amen. So, so you know what? We have a promise from God. So even all the chaos is going on. You know what? Let's just keep living for God. God's going to make a way. God's going to work it out. Amen. You know, you, you may not have as much as you might, but I'd like to have but you know what? God, David made it plain. He said, I was once young, damn, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or seed begging bread. God's going to see us through. And so don't stay up tonight worried about all that. Just live for God. Put it in the hands of God. And you know what? Truth is going to see you through. It's going to see us through. And that's actually what Kega, amen, when he come back, he's telling them, hey, God brought all of this because you had a promise. Amen. He'd supply, you'd give the water. But now that he's withheld it, there is a reason for that. There's a reason. And so there's where you got to consider your ways. Consider what's going on. Okay, God, I want to, I want to with, with honesty and truthfulness, I want to examine this. Because I want your blessings. And that doesn't mean that, you know, everybody's going to have multi-million dollars and all this other stuff. But you ought to be happy. You ought to be satisfied. Okay. Praise God. And I know we live in a world that's very unsatisfied, but, uh, but they're doing what James, they're praying in lust. It's not about the kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his rights and all these things will be added. As long as we're seeking his kingdom and working for his kingdom, we're happy. If it's $10 in the bank or if it's $10 billion in the bank. The issue is not the money. It really, it's not. It's God. 
it goes on. Man, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm, I'm really running out of time here. Um, I would like to make a few statements, though, of the second chapter. I know the writer, the lesson didn't, didn't a whole lot, but, but I would. I would like to just make a few uh, statements about it, amen, as you look into it. Um, one of them is the 10th verse. They got 2 and 10. Here's where we, we learned. He says, uh, the, for the 20th day of the month, the second year, Iris came to the word of God, hey, God, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, ask now the priest concerning the law, saying, If one bear holy things in the skirt of his garment, and with his skirt that touch the bread, pottage, wind, oil, any meat shall it be holy. And the priest answered and said, No. Then said Haggai, If one that is unclean by a dead body touch any of these, shall it be unclean. And the priest answered and said, It shall be unclean. Watch, watch, what, he was watch what he was saying here. They had an altar. Go back and read it. They had built the altar. They was offering sacrifices. They was associated. They was in contact. I made mention of this the other night. And I just done that actually the Holy Ghost. That's a reason it's a dangerous thing for apostolics, Pentecostals, raised in truth. That all they ever experience is a head knowledge. And never experience the heart transforming power of it. They associate it with holy things without becoming holy. They, they are around them, touch them, involved with them, but it doesn't make them holy. They know the protocols. They know all the ins and outs. But they never become holy. And that's exactly what happened right here. That's what he's saying. But you never became holy. You never became God. You, you didn't keep your priorities right. It wasn't a God thing. That's the reason, if you're not careful, that's when it becomes a self thing and not a God thing. And especially when that gets in the pulpit or in our leadership. That one didn't, you may not have caught that one, but it's the truth. That's how you get rulers. They become pendulous and destroy if not careful. Because that's what happened to Saul. At whatever cost, I just want to look good, preacher. Just make me look good. I want to be changed. Just, just, just make me look good in front of the people. I can dress it on the outside. But true wholeness starts right inside. And that's what happened here. Watch this. Paul's writing 2 Corinthians 7 and 1. Talks about the promises. If you go back to the sixth verse and about halfway, three quarters way down. He talks talking about fellowship with light and darkness and sons of Christians and Belial and all this other stuff. And then he comes to that one. And he brings this out right here. Be ye separate. Touch not the unclean. That's the reason. Watch this. There's some out there that's that's going to is practicing teaching, following as much as they can the apostolic church because they like our music, they like our the moves, they like the excitement. They want all that, but they don't want the true holiness and true separation. And we got some among us because they're familiar with the holy things, but never become holy. They start tampering and pulling their stuff in. Their way of worshiping, their way of dressing. So God knew, if I don't do something, first of all, the temple will never be finished. It's got to go beyond. Watch this. They had an altar. Altar represents 
repentance. Everybody preaches. But everybody don't preach the fullness of the baptism in Jesus' name. Which is, which is one baptism, two, two elements, water and spirit. Same battle, ladies and gentlemen. Same spirits. Same devil. We're fighting him now as they did. Just don't finish the time. Don't, don't complete the work. Now watch this. After the foundation's laid, he hinders just like he did Ezra and them. But what stirs us? What moves us? And you know what? I'm going, I'm going to finish the race. She hit it this morning. Nobody's mistake. If you've been introduced to this and ever felt this and part of this, it, God's intent is to make you a complete product of the cross and of his kingdom. And even Paul talks about the crown that's on is seeing every one of you in heaven, meeting every one of you in the cloud. Finish. And so that's the reason. Jerubal, watch him. That same chapter, it goes on. And I know my time's run out, but watch him. Haggai tells him, he said, you're going to be a signet. You're going to be a sign. You're going to be, you're going to be the one. Go to Matthew, the first chapter. I think it's the 12th verse. Or in the lineage of Jesus. Guess who's in the lineage? So now, he's not only the son of David. He is the son of Jerubal. The governor. Judah. And so what Hagar is telling him toward the end of this thing, hallelujah, it's going to be, that's the reason he goes on, he tells him, read that. He says, all nations are coming. All the people. He's talking about the Messiah. He's talking about the time of the millennium. When all of that's coming. And again, Hagar, in those two chapters, makes it clear to us who's going to be victorious. Who's going to be the overcomers. And that's the followers of Jesus Christ. In this same lineage that took place. That was the last part. Chosen signal 22 and 20. And again, the word of the Lord came to Hagar the fourth and 20th day of the month. Speak to Jerusalem, this governor of Judah, saying, I will shake the heavens of the earth. I will overthrow the thrones of the kingdoms. I will destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the heathens. Don't you worry, folks. All the heathen kingdoms are coming down. All the ungodly's coming down. Let's just hang on for the ride. I don't know if we're going to get beat up. We're going to get shot up. I don't know. I don't know. That's, you know, I, I can't answer all that. I just know one thing. We'll just hold on. Amen. God took the sting out of death, ladies and gentlemen. Hallelujah. So we don't have to know. What's this? Uh, the kingdoms of the heathens. And I will overthrow the chariots. Those that ride in them. The horses and their riders shall come, come down. Everyone by the sword of his brother. In that day, saith the Lord of hosts, will I take thee, O Jerusalem, of thy servant, the son of she the saith the Lord and will make thee as a signet for I have chosen thee saith the Lord of hosts and a signet is a sign or a token and guess who's in the lineage hmm. you can stand love you this morning appreciate you I'm, I'm telling you folks we're, we're victorious we're overcomers hey that's the reason this shouldn't condemn us truth should never condemn us we shouldn't receive it that way God kept us to receive truth with an open heart, a readiness. And that doesn't mean just the original truth and we get the Holy Ghost. But what about so much along our journey since then? How many needs adjustment? How many needs correction? We all do. Nobody's exempt from it. And God kept us. And we'll tell you something. 90% of that is my spirit and attitude of receiving it. God, help me to receive it. Help me, God, to, to, that my eyes will be open, my ears will be open. I can receive this truth, the love of the truth. Hallelujah. A love for truth. Fall in love. Fall in love again over and over. It's, when, you, when we say fall in love with Jesus, that also means the church, brothers and sisters like precious faith, buying the field, falling in love with wholeness, falling in love with separation, falling in love with, with the, all, all, all of it, it comes. It's falling in love with all of it. It, it's, it works together. Huh. Praise God. I've told some of you, you start looking for a spouse. But look at the family. I ain't married a family. I'm married. No, you married a family. Package deal. <laughs> Praise God. When you come to truth, you're getting all of us. I don't know about that. Well, you better. <laughs> it's package deal. We're coming together. Rightly so. 
And you know what? We'll just keep pulling together, joining together. God's pulling, folks. I'm telling y'all. We've ever been in the heart of God, we're in it. God's pulling it, buddy. He's pulling it closer and closer. I mean, you remember the example that Brother Travis gave us here. Some of you weren't here, but 25 years ago, me, Mr. Robert was here. This house was packed. Brother G.R. Travis come to dedicate this building. It had never even been dedicated. Come and dedicated this building. He had a brother stand over here and a brother stand over here. And he come and stood here. Or maybe he had somebody stand. I can't remember that part. But he said, all right, brothers. He said he likened this to being God. He said, all right, brothers, make your way to God. He said, it's impossible to you draw closer to God without drawing closer to your brothers and sisters. If I'm not willing to draw closer to my brothers and sisters, I cannot draw closer to God, my father. I'm willing. I'm willing at whatever cost, God. I want to draw my brothers and sisters with like precious faith. Because that's the only way I can get closer to you. And the only way we're going to finish this journey and be victorious is we got to get the temple completed. This earthen vessel. Not this morning. He's talking about, I'm talking about this one. And all of you, this one. That's the only way. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you. See you tonight. Brother Ford will be preaching. Good Lord's will. Love you. God bless you.